Radio. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Journey. It's uh, only a week out from Easter and we celebrate this week Palm Sunday. And we've got a fantastic show lined up for you today, that's for sure. A big thank you to Nick who filled in for me last week. Been a very busy start to the year and, and great to know that we've got someone of Nick's capability. Not only is he a great sound editor, and jump into the chair when I need him to from time to time. And thanks Nick for, for filling that role last week. This week as we head into a jam-packed show, we also have our last chance to participate in the Arise Lenten Reflections. And if you're one of the many new listeners that are joining the journey each and every week, then you won't know what I'm talking about. Essentially, we've used elements of the Arise Lenten program, which includes some fantastic music written by Tracy Coombs, specifically the psalm set down for the readings of the Sunday in Lent, but also some fantastic gospel reflections that have been prepared by Sister Hilda Scott, who's been with the journey from day one with her wisdom from the Abbey segment, and also Father Michael Fallon, who've combined to provide these Lenten gospel reflections. We'll get into that shortly. Some other really good things on the show, including, I'm really happy to say, a fantastic interview. I was able to get with a young lady called Bree Thomas. Now Bree's from Canberra and she's involved very much in organising what is going to be a huge celebration with people from right around Australia coming to Appen in New South Wales next week to celebrate the events of Easter. Right from Holy Thursday night right through to the, the massive celebration on Easter Sunday. So really lucky to have Bree Thomas from the Disciples of Jesus community to tell us all about what's going to happen. And there's a few spots left if you're keen to be part of that next week by travelling to Appen. It's going to be massive. Over a thousand young people coming to that next week. As I said, a lot to get through. First up, and as we've heard right through Lent, Tracy Coombs. She's got Psalm 116, a song that she wrote specifically for this program called My God, Why Have You Abandoned Me? We're going to hear from the Gospel reading from Mark. And then, as I said, we'll hear from Sister Hilda Scott and Father Michael Fallon. Thanks for joining us on this week's journey. Let's get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on the journey. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? All who see me deride me, they curl their lips, they toss their heads. He trusted in the Lord, let him save him, let him release him if this is his Thank you. 
Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When they were approaching Jerusalem in sight of Bethphage and Bethany, close by the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go off to the village facing you, and as soon as you enter it, you will find a tethered colt that no one has yet ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, What are you doing? Say, The master needs it and will send it back here directly. They went off and found a colt tethered near a door in the open street. As they untied it, some men standing there said, What are you doing untying that colt? They gave the answer Jesus had told them, and the men let them go. Then they took the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on its back, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, others greenery which they had cut in the fields. And those who went in front and those who followed were all shouting, Hosanna! Blessings on him who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heavens. The Gospel of the Lord. Someone I know was really upset. Eventually it all came out. 
and perhaps on the face of it, the matter was really pretty small. But my friend was hurting nonetheless. He is an outgoing, loving sort of chap, at ease with the world and open-hearted in all his dealings. Let's call him Dave. He has a host of friends, and I'm proud to count myself among their number. One in particular lives a long way away. She and Dave have shared some beautiful times. In fact, he was hoping that she just might be the one. Christmas came, and he sent off a lovely Christmas card, in keeping with the tenor of their relationship, and just expected that sooner or later, a card would likewise come for him. Christmas Eve dawned and an email came, headed, Christmas Hellos. It was from his particular friend, but it was one of those circular letters with a bunch of other email addresses, his among them. It was certainly beautifully put together, lovely calligraphy, and truly it gave expression to some heartwarming sentiments, but it was addressed to all the world. It told him nothing he didn't already know and had nothing in common with what he had known and understood their relationship to be. He scanned that email again and again and again, looking for any sign of particularity, any little thing that would speak to their relationship, and he found nothing. He was absolutely heartbroken. I wish I could tell you how that all worked out, but I don't know. In our Gospel this week, we read about Jesus riding through the town and being acclaimed, having people call out to him, seemingly recognising him as the Messiah, giving every indication that they had got it, that they had finally understood his mission among them. I wonder, did he scan the crowd too, looking for any sign of particularity? Anything that would tell him that someone out there knew him and loved him for who he really was? Was he heartbroken? Because he knew that this show of relationship went to a depth of perhaps a centimetre? Was that truly the beginning of his passion and death? Did Jesus begin to die that first Palm Sunday? And yet I think we begin to die the day we begin to love. And that began some time ago for Jesus. This week, as you and I go about our respective lives, let's make a point of truly acknowledging Jesus for who he really is. As you know, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem ends in a terrible anticlimax. Jesus found the religious institution symbolized by the temple to be not a vehicle of grace, but a barrier to it. He was forced to empty it. This is our final chance, as we begin Holy Week, to ask him to cleanse away whatever in our hearts is a barrier to grace. It's also an opportunity to ask if we, as a parish, are an instrument of grace to those outside and a way of holiness for those within. The other anticlimax is that the crowd who welcomed Jesus with such enthusiasm became just as enthusiastic in calling for his crucifixion. That our following of Jesus might be more sincere, the Church asks us to listen today to the Passion story. Surely it will move us to gratitude and love and a renewal of our faith commitment. 
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Welcome back to The Journey. Thanks for joining us on this week's show, wherever you're tuning in from. I want to give a really big cheerio and a, and a call out to down there in beautiful Wagga Wagga. So to all of our new listeners through Wagga's Life FM, including a few family members I hope, who might be listening in this weekend, a big cheerio and great to have you listening in the show. Hope you enjoy it. We've got something different on every week and... Rest assured, you're jumping on board with thousands and thousands of people right around Australia who are tuning in each week to hear a really positive message about faith, hope, love and life. Prior to the break, we heard from Sister Hilda Scott, Father Michael Fallon. That was part of our Arise Lenten Reflections. The last one, as we head into Holy Week this week and then the wonderful celebration of Jesus' resurrection next week with Easter Sunday. We're going to hear now from a good mate of mine, Sam Clear. Sam's an amazing fella. Great cricketer, loves his AFL. Very talented sportsman, engineer, youth minister. He now is involved very much in in speaking engagements right around the country, pretty much after walking around the world in 2008 for Christian unity. Would not pass a Christian church without stopping and asking them to, hey, pray for me, pray for what I'm, I'm on about, which is Christian unity. And the stories he's got to share are so rich. Today he's going to tell us about pain and suffering in God's plan. And then, after a quick break, you're going to hear from Trish McCarthy. I have the great privilege of working very closely with Trish McCarthy pretty much on a daily basis. And she is an amazing woman, very comfortable in her own skin, and I tell you, one of the fittest people you will ever meet in your life. Loves God, loves sport, and unfortunately for Trish, she's just had a knee operation. So our thoughts go out to you, Trish. Hope you're recovering well, and thanks for still doing all these preps and all these inputs for us for our journey program. And today, Trish is going to talk to us about how God speaks to us in metaphors. Faith, hope, love and life. You're on the journey. Walking the Walk, here's Sam Clear. Hi, I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. As Christians, it's easy for us to think that because I follow Jesus, he'll protect me from all harm, and in doing so, very subtly distance ourselves from Jesus' exhortation to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily. We understand without too much effort why God would protect us from all harm, but how can pain and suffering be a beautiful blessing? I often wondered that as I walked 15,600 kilometres around the world for Christian unity. Why were the 11 near-death experiences and multiple serious injuries all beautiful crosses to pick up and carry? I received a wonderful glimpse into the beauty of pain while crossing through southern France. My left big toe had split open for the third time on the journey and it was bleeding badly as I trudged through heavy rain on the edge of the Pyrenees Mountains. I was saturated when I knocked on the front door of an elderly church leader's home in a small village halfway through my day. While standing in the pouring rain, I extended the invitation to pray for complete unity. It was received coldly, and without much care he asked, Is that all? I nodded and said that I would walk on now, and so turned and headed on into driving rain. He must have felt sorry for me, because he yelled out in French, Is there anything I can do for you? I said, Well, I have a pair of dry socks in my bag. Do you mind if I come in and change them before continuing on? He let me in and stood over me whilst I changed my socks in his foyer. When I removed my left sock and he saw the left foot smeared with blood, he stopped me and asked, You mean, you're actually doing this? You're actually walking the world for unity? And after five minutes of animated questions, he ran off to grab me a hot lunch, a heater and a few pairs of his own socks. 
Our wounds and scars are often the very thing that will shine Christ's love onto a cold heart and melt it. And as Peter writes in his first letter, Rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. For more on the walk around the world for unity, go to walkforone.com. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. I've noticed that in my life, the most prominent way God speaks to my heart is through analogies, similes and metaphors, collectively termed figures of speech. For all you English teachers and literature enthusiasts, this may resonate with you. In school, I was never great with a written word. But what I've realised is those building blocks of English lessons have actually helped me to hear God in my life as I've grown in the skill and art of using my words. It's important to note that this took conscious effort, but it's available to anyone who seeks. Those figures of speech are found in abundance in the scriptures and serve Jesus well when seeking to link an unknown domain to something familiar. The kingdom of heaven is like. It is like featured highly in Jesus' conversations and in many ways prepared us of what to look for once he had left the earth and we were to rely on the presence and action of the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts about the nature and action of God in our life. These figures of speech are based on words or phrases used in ways that transcend their literal meaning. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Now we know that we're not branches, but this metaphor speaks of the vital life-giving connection between creator and created. It is one thing to hear words in scripture, conversations or teachings that make these links for us, but sometimes God speaks without using words, the language of the heart. I'm here with Brie Thomas, and Brie is an awesome young lady and one of the chief organisers of this fantastic event coming up called Light to the Nations, which is going to be held at Appen Scout Camp. And there's going to be people from all over Australia coming to this, and we're really lucky to have Brie tell us all about it on the show today. Brie, thanks for joining us. Hey, Jude. Thanks for having me. Sabrina Nutshell, what is Light to the Nations all about? So basically, it is a celebration of the Easter ceremony. So we follow a scriptural account from the Last Supper on Holy Thursday through to Good Friday where Jesus was crucified and we have an amazing reenactment of that event um, through to the morning and then the celebration coming up to the Saturday night and the Sunday with the Easter Sunday celebration, which is just awesome. It's a really rich time of remembering what happened that weekend. Brie, I went a couple of years ago and it was an amazing experience. You head up into the bush here at Appen Scout Camp, which is an incredible place on its own. You turn up and then there's this massive big circus tent that you guys set up there and uh, and you go through some incredible worship that is part of those events. Tell us a little bit about the music and, and I suppose the feel of the event. So it's got a pretty unique vibe at Light to the Nations. It is a whole bunch of vibrant young people coming together and um, focusing on something so incredible. So we have amazing worship team, a few different bands um, leading us into worship throughout ceremonies over the weekend. And yeah, it's like a festival. It's got a massive marquee, like you said, a huge circus tent. Um, the buzz is just amazing. It's everyone just going through the same um, motions together, the same grieving of Jesus' death and the same celebration of his life. Um, it's encouraging. It's transforming really like I have just been personally really really touched by my experiences of life in the past so for anyone coming to Light to the Nations or thinking of coming they can expect a huge range of things they can expect the the celebration of Jesus's life and they can expect to be drawn closer to him through through his death and what he did for us in that incredible sacrifice 
Now, Bree, you're expecting big numbers, um, a lot of interest this year, and, and there's a few different options for people in terms of accommodation and all that sort of stuff. Generally, when people get there, what's going to happen? Well, I think you can expect a big range of participants. So it is kind of geared towards young people, 16 to 35, but that doesn't in no means um, exclude anyone. So there are lots of families with young kids. There's an incredible children's ministry program mm-hmm. run by um, professional childcare workers and people who are really passionate about bringing kids closer to Jesus as well. And there's also an inclusive program for, um, you know, for older people who might want to pick and choose which parts of the program to be involved in. So it's inc- incredibly inclusive. The food is included in the price, which is a very competitive price, and there's lots of um, really cool accommodation options. So for the people who are keen to rough it, there's fields where tents are being set up for us to sleep in, and there's lots of nearby accommodation as well if people would prefer something a little bit more comfortable. So Bree, we're a week out. You've had a lot of interest. There's a few spots left, and you'd love to fill every bit of available space up there at Appen Scout Camp. What have people got to do if they'd like to be involved in or come along to Light to the Nations this year? Jude, it's so easy. People just have to go to our website, which is www.lttn.org.au. So that's LTTN, standing for Light to the Nations. Jump on the website, have a look at the testimonies there, be convinced that you want to come along, and then just click on the registration option and follow through with the prompts. Alternatively, if they've got questions, they can call 0432-228-250. And the lovely lady at the end of the phone will answer any questions they have. And I just want to encourage people that if they want to do something rich and deep and life-changing this Easter, just get on board. It's a few days away. It's not too late. You are so warmly invited to come. And Brie, right at the start of this interview, you spoke about the fact that this is a transformative experience. And I just want people to know that if you go to this, it will have an impact on your life. It will have an impact on the way that you understand this beautiful gift of salvation that's offered to us by by our Lord. And I really encourage people to get along. It's an incredible work of the disciples of Jesus' community and, and connected strongly with them are the missionaries of God's love who make a big contribution to this program already through Father Dave Callahan. It's going to be incredible teaching, incredible preaching, as I said, life-changing. Brie? It's going to go off. It's going to be a great weekend and it's a great way to celebrate Easter. I wish you every success and thanks very much for joining us today on The Journey. Thanks for having me, dude. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Bree Thomas and I really encourage people to get along to this amazing biennial event, Light to the Nations. Do a Google search for us. It's run by the Disciples of Jesus community. There's still some spots left for people to go up there and camp and, and be part of this incredible gathering of people from right around Australia to celebrate the, the scriptural events of, of Easter. We wish you guys all the best up there, the Disciples of Jesus community, and of course the missionaries of God's love who will be playing an integral role in, in all the things that are happening up there at Appen in New South Wales. Coming up, Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy. He's going to inspire you to dream this week, talking to us all about busyness, faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on the journey. And now, inspiring you to dream, here's Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy. I'm going through a period of time in my life where there's huge transition. I know that God is disturbing me constantly with the next steps for me and for the people God has positioned me to be with in this next part of my life. It's an exhilarating time in my life. At times, I'm very excited about all that lies ahead. And then in the next breath, I'm filled with anxiety and worry. I know that when I'm filled with anxiety, it's because I'm trying to envision the future without God and I'm doing it all by myself and in my own strength. As soon as I try to do things in my own strength and on my own strength, I can go one of two different ways. Either I convince myself it's too hard and I can't do it, so I give up. 
or at other times I really believe I can do it all by myself and head off on my own steam, often in the wrong direction from where God is trying to lead me. So doing it alone has never been that successful as a strategy for me. The best defence against worry is staying in communication with God. When we turn our thoughts to God, we can think much more positively. In prayer, we must always make time to listen as well as to speak, to be in true dialogue with God. When I think of upcoming events that can cause me to be worried and anxious, I follow these rules. I don't linger too much in the negativity of the future and what could happen because anxieties spring up in those unknown times and we imagine far more than what the reality probably will be like. Instead, I try to be present in every moment of my day, confident that God will reveal things as I need to know them. And secondly, I try to remember that God is with me constantly and I must attempt to sense Him in everything I do. This mental discipline does not come easily because I'm used to being the centre of my thoughts. However, the reality is that God's presence is with us now and forevermore. Why don't you join me at thecatholicguy.com for inspiring you to dream. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. We have a Benedictine saint called St Gertrude. Gertrude was a very smart woman, a genius in fact. As a nun, she spent heaps of time improving her mind. By the time she got to her late 30s, she discovered that wasn't enough and her life was in something of a mess. She was claiming access to things that weren't bringing her happiness at all. Now, one time in church, as the nuns were reciting the Word of God, she heard these words. Why are you consumed by fear? And why has sorrow changed you? Fear not. For I am with you. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. She heard those words and it changed her life. Prompts me to ask you today, because any word that is spoken, any word of God that you hear, is a word meant for you. Are you consumed by fear right now? What is it that's made you so fearful? What sorrow has changed you? What's happened? Have you talked to God about it? Because here he is saying to you, I, I, I am the Lord your God. I am with you, the Holy One. It doesn't get much better than this. This is the God who is issuing an invitation to you through the story of St. Gertrude. If fear and sorrow have claimed you right now, go to God, sit down somewhere, tell him all about it. And in the quietness of your heart, you'll hear him say to you too, Fear not. I am the Lord your God. I am with you, the Holy One of Israel. Welcome back to The Journey. Got to ask you the question, how good is Sister Hilda Scott? I just love listening to her stuff. She's been with us since day one on The Journey. She's a woman of incredible faith, deep prayer, lives a life that's just centered on simple living and submerging herself in, in the scriptures. No wonder she's got so many incredible things to say to us every single week in her Wisdom from the Abbey segment. This week, her little story that she entitled, Gertrude. It's been on my mind and heart this week, certainly been part of my prayer time, um, as we head into this really significant event of Holy Week. 
where we're confronted with the, the choice and the suffering that which Jesus absolutely embraced for us, for our salvation. And in the midst of that, I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about the thousands of Christians around the world, in fact, tens of thousands, that this year already have died for their faith. So many places around the world where people have been persecuted for their faith, martyred, imprisoned, tortured. We can get very comfortable in our little Western lifestyles and not appreciate the amazing freedoms that we have to worship. So maybe this week when you're reflecting on some of the events of Easter, we just uh, remember too the suffering that is very much a part of the life of so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ right around the world. Let's not forget to pray for them. Here are the missionaries of God's love with The Call. There is an old saying that Jesus is the answer. We are just not quite sure what the question was. Now, while this is amusing, this saying should actually be slightly disturbing for us, particularly when we reflect on our prayer. Most of our prayer is like reaching for an answer without knowing what the question is. We know that Jesus can save us, but we are just not quite sure which part of us needs saving. Now, if you have a wound on your arm, there is no point in rubbing medicine over your face. We believe that the medicine will kill the bacteria and bring quick healing, but it is completely useless unless it is applied to the wound. It would make even less sense to go to a doctor to heal you, while at the same time hiding your wound so that the doctor could only see the parts of your body that are perfect. Sadly, this is what Christians do all the time when they pray. We have complete faith that Jesus can heal and transform our life, Yet at the same time, we are blind to our own need for this grace. We ask for God to love us, but we hide our brokenness. We believe that God's love can transform us, but we convince ourselves that we are already perfect and not in need of help. If we actually want to encounter the power of God in our life, we need to begin by being honest about our need for a Saviour. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love, Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Welcome back to The Journey. That was Father Dave Callahan in his segment, The Call. Great to have him talking to us this week about how Jesus is the answer. Father Dave's a great preacher, member of the Missionaries of God's Love, fastest growing order of priests, brothers and nuns in Australia. They've got a really simple mission. Make Jesus known and love to make disciples. And a big thank you to Father Dave for his input this week. I hope you have a really good week this week as we lead into Holy Week. People often think Christmas is the height of the Christian season, but the events of Easter remain for us as Christians, that pivotal event, not only in the journey of our own salvation, but the pivotal event in human history with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just like in so many of our history books we see BC and AD, Every single one of us needs a, a BC and an AD in our own life as well. A before Christ, well then also, that point when Christ comes into our lives and everything changes. Hope you have a really prayerful week as we lead into Holy Week. We look forward to celebrating with you joyfully next week, Easter Sunday. Faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on this week's journey. The Journey is produced by Jude Hennessy and edited by Nicholas Weir from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. Radio.org.au